You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Are you ready to change your life in the next 30 minutes? It's time for Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. Get your notebooks ready. He's about to go in. Five, four, three, two, one. Coach Mark, let's go. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. This is Coach Mark, and you're listening to Power in a Half Hour. In the next 30 minutes, we're going to learn the tips, tricks, and techniques of the rich and the super-duper successful, so we can become the rich and the super-duper successful. So the quote that we're going to start today's show with is, Each problem has hidden in it an opportunity so powerful that it literally dwarfs the problem. The greatest success stories were created by people who recognized the problem and turned it into an opportunity. Oh man, how powerful is that quote? And that's from Joseph Sugarman. The title of today's show is Opportunity is Knocking. Are you listening? Do you have your ears open? I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to remind you, if you ever want to go back and re-listen to not only this show, but any of the previous over 150 shows, you can go to my website, www.powerhh.com, or you can find me in the podcast section of iTunes. Just do a search for Coach Mark or Power in a Half Hour. If we're not friends on Facebook, my name on Facebook is Mark Starr. That's M-A-R-K-S-T-A-R-R or The Real Mark Starr. On Instagram, it's at Coach Mark Speaks. I have a daily message service that sends out an inspirational, motivational message every single morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're not getting those messages, trust me, you want to get these messages. It's free. I don't charge anything. I don't sell anything through it. Just giving great motivation, great way to start your morning. All you have to do is text the letters BBD to 411247, and that's for my United States listeners. And you can download my book for free at www.repeataftermebook.com. All right, we got an amazing show today, so let's go ahead and get started. Profile number one, David Zalik. Now, David's father was raised in Argentina, and his mother's family moved from Russia to China to Australia, fleeing communism. As adults, David's parents moved separately to Israel, where they met and he was born. Now, when he was four, his family moved to the United States, where his father became a mathematics professor at Auburn University in Alabama. As a child, David would read the math textbooks that were lying around his home, and at the age of 13, he aced the SATs at 13. Wow. While in middle school, David would ride his bike to the Auburn campus and take afternoon classes. When it came time for high school, David decided to skip high school and enroll at Auburn full-time. Although his parents weren't too crazy about the idea, David said he was bored by regular classes and didn't have a lot of friends at school anyway. David was drawn to entrepreneurship by his desire to date the older women at the university. He figured that in order to date an older woman, he would need a car. David started buying computer parts from a computer distribution center, assembling PCs and selling them for $2,000, making a $900 profit. At first, the process took him 10 hours, but he soon figured out how to put the computers together in 30 minutes. Now, after a while, he had enough saved up to buy a beat-up Honda Civic. Shortly after, he dropped out of Auburn so he could focus on building his computer assembly company, Microtech. 
1996, at the age of 22, David had 20 employees and would sell his company for a few million dollars. Now, after he sold the business, he moved to Atlanta. At the time, Atlanta was in a real estate boom. After a few years of investing in Atlanta's commercial real estate sector, David created OutWeb, which consulted businesses that were trying to build websites. In 2000, a year after he started his company, the dot-com bubble exploded and his business exploded with it. In 2006, he helped start Rockbridge Commercial Bank. Rockbridge was able to attract capital from some local investors, including billionaire Home Depot co-founder Bernie Marcus. Within three years, his new business failed again, costing him $500,000 and a lawsuit from the FDIC. Determined to succeed and not allow failure to hold him down, David started playing with the idea of business credit. David took his experience with real estate, tech, finance, and his connections and decided to try again with a new company. His new company was called Green Sky. Green Sky provides technology to banks and merchants to make loans to consumers for home improvement, solar, health care, and other purposes. David figured that his company would help small businesses offer instant financing to customers. David would take local contractors to lunch and beg them to give Green Sky financing a try. His biggest selling point was that his system was a lot less hassle than some of the other lenders. He knew that the contractors were lazy, and I can attest to that, and getting them to try his service would be a hurdle, but he also knew that if he could get them to start using his product, they wouldn't go anywhere unless there was a big problem. By the summer of 2013, Green Sky's contractor model had started to take off. Even though the business was starting to do good, David had three young daughters and he was 10 million dollars in debt. David realized that in order to stay afloat, he had to sell a part of his company. A private equity firm offered to buy 20% of the company at a $200 million valuation. David jumped at the idea as it would put $40 million back in his pocket. Now, 48 hours before the deal was supposed to close, it fell through. David was devastated, but it turned out to be a lucky break for him. The private equity firm had introduced him to Nigel Morris, who co-founded Capital One three decades earlier. Nigel made a seven-figure investment in January 2014, which helped David to expand the company outside of Atlanta. In the fall of 2014, David and his partners sold 17% of Green Sky at a $1.8 billion valuation, getting them $306 million dollars. Over the course of nine months, the valuation of his company went from $200 million to $1.8 billion, almost nine times in the course of a few months. So that's just such a great example on how something that seemed like it was a tragedy for him, because I'm sure he probably needed that money so badly at that time, and the money didn't come through, and then nine months later, he was able to get nine times more money than he initially expected to get. In 2016, after another round of funding, Green Sky was valued at $3.6 billion. Now, Green Sky currently has 800 employees and is the third most valuable privately held financial tech company. Green Sky has lent out almost $5 billion between the years of 2012 and 2016, and David has a net worth of over $1 billion. Just a few years ago, this guy was struggling. 
He was almost going to have to shut down his business a few years ago. But he kept pushing forward. Now his company's worth $3.6 billion, and he's worth over a billion dollars. Profile number two, Constance Carter. Now, for years, Constance works as an IT analyst in Stockton, California, with only a high school diploma. Constance wasn't able to find a real opportunity until she got laid off from her job. Not only was she laid off on the last day of her corporate job, her husband got laid off from his job as well. Constance decided that she would use the money from her severance package to finance a real estate license. Fortunately, her husband was able to find a job that made just enough money to make ends meet. With barely enough money coming in, Constance went into massive building mode. Now, after six months of hard work, she still had no sales and generated no money. Constance knew that building her business was the key to her success, so she continued on. She eventually became one of the top agents at a real estate firm and was offered a management position. She decided to accept the position so that she could learn everything that she could possibly learn about her industry. Today, Constance is the CEO and owner of her own company, Catalyst Real Estate Professionals, which is a real estate firm specializing in sales and lending based out of Stockton, California. Constance is on a mission to help others create wealth by preaching the benefits of home ownership and also teaching others how to find success in the real estate business. Now, the mission of her company is about building, educating, empowering, and sustaining legacies through real estate. Her real estate firm currently has 34 agents, brokers, and staff and has transacted over $200 million of real estate. Constance says that God is the center of everything they do, Family is the reason why they do what they do. Business is the way they build their legacy. And giving back is essential to bringing hope and creating a better future in their communities. Now, over a year, probably two years ago, we talked about Shahid Khan. Now, Shahid is a Pakistani-American billionaire. He's the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars and the English Football League Championship team, Fulham FC. He's also the owner of an automobile parts manufacturing company called Flexengate. Shahid is one of the wealthiest people in not only the United States, ranking at number 70 in the U.S., he is also the 158th wealthiest person in the world with a net worth of $8.7 billion. Now, for their 100th anniversary, Forbes magazine features the world's 100 greatest living business minds sharing their words of wisdom. I highly suggest everybody go out and get that copy, get that issue. It has Warren Buffett on the cover, and trust me, that issue is worth its weight in gold. Now, in this issue, Shahid speaks on opportunity and what opportunity means to him. This is what Shahid said. Now, listen to this, because this thing really touched me when I heard it. That's why I had to re-read this. When I showed up in America at 16, I wasn't trying to make billions. I was just trying to survive. I had come from Pakistan with 500 bucks in my pocket and not much else. The bus dropped me off at a place that cost $8 a night. I asked if there was anything cheaper, and they told me to go to the YMCA. So I trudged down the street in the middle of one of the worst snowstorms in Illinois history. I had never seen snow before, and my shoes were falling apart. The YMCA cost $2 a night, and after a meal, I was already down 3 or $4. That was big money back in Pakistan. But the next morning, 
I found an opportunity to make even bigger money. All I had to do, listen to this part, because this really touched me. All I had to do was wash dishes and I can earn $1.20 an hour. That was more money than 99% of the people back home in Pakistan. I realized right then that this was the land of opportunity and I could control my own fate. Less than 24 hours after arriving, I had already discovered the American dream. Now, like I said, when I read this, this touched me so much. And I could end the show right here and we would have gotten what we needed to get to move forward. The reason that Shahid was able to get to the place that he's at today is because his perspective, his ability to see opportunity in what many of us would consider to be a dire situation. Let's really take a look at and analyze this. This young man at the age of 16 came to America with $500 in his pocket. Now, how many of us won't even leave our state to visit somewhere if we don't have at least $500? We have to remember that this man wasn't visiting the U.S. He was moving to live here with $500 and no other secured source of income. He didn't know what to expect. So instead of staying in a place that would cost $8 a night, he chose to live at the YMCA for $2 a night. He knew that he probably had enough money to survive for about three or four months, but instead of waiting until his money ran out, the very next day, Shahid went looking for an opportunity in the middle of his crisis. That very next day, not only did he find an opportunity, he found what he came to the United States for, his American dream. He had the unique ability to find opportunity during his crisis. Now, let's now take a look at what some of the greatest minds have said about opportunity. Winston Churchill, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom from 1940 to 1945 and again from 1951 to 1955 said, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity. An optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. Race car driver Bobby Unser said, success is where preparation and opportunity meet. Writer William Arthur Ward said, Opportunities are like sunrises. If you wait too long, you miss them. One of the greatest inventors of our time, Thomas Edison, the man that invented the record player, the motion picture camera, and the light bulb said, most people miss opportunity because it's disguised in overalls and looks like hard work. And Bruce Lee, the greatest martial artist of all time, said, to hell with circumstances, I create opportunities. Now, if we keep our eyes open and know what to look for, we will realize that there are so many opportunities out there. The problem that many people face is they don't have their eyes open and they don't know what to look for. Let's take a look at a few general things that should always be present with a good opportunity, no matter what the opportunity is. Number one, ask yourself if the product or service will meet a need. Whenever you evaluate an opportunity, ask yourself if there's really a need for the product or service. Does the product or service solve a problem for consumers? If the need is already being met, determine if you think that you can do a better job. Number two, will the opportunity work in your location? Now, if the opportunity meets a need, that's great. But ask yourself, will it work where you are located or where you're marketing it? There has to be a demand for the opportunity. You should also consider the economic environment. 
Although there might be a need in your geographic location, ask yourself if people in your location are going to take the time and money to take advantage of what you are offering. Number three, do you have the resources that you need to help the business succeed? Now, even though you can start to compile resources once you've acquired or started a business, you should still be considering this at the start. Ask yourself, do you have what it takes to run that type of business right now? If you don't, you can always learn, but it's always good to understand your possible limitations. Also, ask yourself, are you going to be able to afford the resources needed to help the business succeed? Once again, if you don't, it's okay. You can acquire the resources along the way. It's just always good to be honest with yourself and not fool yourself into thinking that you can do everything yourself. Number four, can you provide the product or service at the right price according to the market? Ask yourself whether or not you can provide the product or service at a price the market can handle. Will your price attract customers while still earning you a profit? And number five, is the timing right in terms of the market and your resources? Timing is everything when evaluating business opportunities. This includes your timing personally, timing in the market, and timing of your location. Everything has to line up in order for the opportunity to really work. You want to make sure that you find that window before moving forward. If the timing isn't right, you are better off passing or revisiting the opportunity later. Keep your eyes on what's going on always and keep doing your research so you're ready to take advantage of the opportunity when the timing lines up. We have to remember that depending on your business, a downtime may be the best time to capitalize on the opportunity. Let's now take a look at some of the habits that we can develop that will help us to take advantage of the opportunities that come before us. Number one, we have to be able to decide. Now, when an opportunity presents itself, don't hesitate to pull the trigger. Take advantage of the opportunity and use it to get you closer to where you desire to be. Grow and learn by taking on new opportunities that are outside of your comfort zone. Number two, pay attention. Be curious, ask questions, share and collect information. When you're walking in and out of different places, put your phone down and notice the things that are happening right around you. Develop the habit of paying attention. Listen more, talk less, and you will grow as a person. Bounce your ideas off people after you listen and take in information. When new opportunities open up, people will naturally think of you. Number three, be diligent. Regardless of how meaningless, pointless, dull, and useless a project may seem, think about the higher purpose that it may serve. Be determined to bring your best talents and most dedicated attitude to it. Our attitude is important because what you think changes how you feel and what you do. If you place importance on the work you're doing, others will respond to that and see it as something bigger. Develop the habit of honoring your work. Number four, be generous by offering your help and counsel. When people help you, suggest your best skills as a way you might return the favor. Be alert to the ways that you can match your best work with what people around you may be doing. Talk about your favorite projects. Develop the habit of letting people know how much you love doing what you do well. It impresses people when they encounter folks who love their work and want to help others. And number five, Imagine all opportunities. Opportunities are always present. So-called lucky people realize this. This is why they're lucky. 
Seek out trends and ideas that match your interests and skill set. Take these ideas and put your own twist on them. You don't have to reinvent the wheel, just add a spoke. See things and think about how you might be able to improve on them. How can you make it more fun, easier, more exciting, more anything? Look at the opportunities that will help and benefit other people and you will find support from others. Now that we know what to look for to determine if an opportunity is good and the habits that we should develop to help us take advantage of opportunities, let's now look at a few techniques that we can use to create opportunities. Number one, understand your limits. Now, if you know your limits and what you're capable of, you will know exactly what you need. Once you begin to know yourself, you will realize your weaknesses and you can fill the weaknesses with other people's strengths. Number two, open your eyes. Now, there's a lot more happening in the world than you see. Stop listening to your music or playing on social media all the time when you're in public places. Maybe there's someone who can change your life in that bus, train, or lobby. Maybe the person sitting next to you is your next business partner or your future husband or wife or your new best friend. Life is unpredictable and you just never know what's in store for you. And that's why you should always keep your eyes wide open. You might miss an opportunity simply because you were too busy scrolling on Facebook or Instagram. Always be on the lookout even when doing simple activities such as drinking coffee, riding the bus, or walking back home. Number three, meet new people. If you want to be presented with more opportunities, just meet new people. The more people you know, the higher chances you will be presented with the new experiences. Go to meetings with people that have similar interests as you. Visit conferences. You can also meet people in different Facebook groups, follow people on Twitter, and connect with people on LinkedIn. Number four, don't be afraid to ask. There is no shame in not knowing something or in questioning things. Most people will help you if you ask them nicely for some help. People will also give you a chance or an opportunity if you ask. Number five, don't be afraid to try a different approach. Remember that just because you've done something one way for all your life, that doesn't mean that there might not be another way that works better. And don't be afraid to go against the grain. Remember, most time, the masses are usually wrong. Number six, travel. Visit different places every year, especially outside the country that you live in. By doing this, you will meet new people and also might be presented with an opportunity that doesn't exist where you're from. And number seven, build your self-confidence. People won't follow you if you don't look confident. Most people will follow leaders regardless of the decisions that they make, and we can see that so clearly here in the United States, simply because of their leadership status. If you can get people to follow you, you will create opportunities for yourself. All right, well, that's all that we have for today's show. I want to remind you, if you want to go back and re-listen to not only this show, but any of the previous shows, you can go to my website, www.powerhh.com, all right? Or you can find me in iTunes under the podcast section. Just do a search for coach mark or power in a half hour all right make sure you share this with three friends because i know you have three friends that could benefit from what we talked about today we want our friends to learn and grow as we are learning and growing so make sure you share this with them tell them about the radio station that you're listening to this show on or you can have them just go to my website or find me in the podcast section in apple itunes all right and the quote that we're going to end today's show with is if opportunity doesn't knock 
build a door, all right? If opportunity does not knock, if you can't hear it knocking, then you know what you say to yourself, I'm going to build a door, and that's from Milton Berle. Thank you much, and until next show. Thanks for listening to Power in a Half Hour with Coach Mark. To listen or re-listen, go to powerinahalfhour.com. Follow Coach Mark on Instagram and Twitter at Coach Mark Speaks. Find Coach Mark on Facebook by searching for Mark Starr. Like our Facebook fan page, Power in a Half Hour, and join our Power in a Half Hour Facebook group. See you next week. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. Sunshine, she's here. You can take a break. I'm a hot air balloon that could go to space. With the air, like I don't care, baby, by the way.
see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white. The bright blessed day, the dark sacred night. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow. So pretty in the sky Are also on the faces Of people going by I see friends shaking hands Saying how do you do They're really saying I love you I hear babies cry much more than I'll never know and I think to myself what a wonderful world yes I think to myself what a wonderful world